Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Beef. It's time for those big-ass dump trucks. And we got to pull out the Backers' big one. Number 13, LSU at number 20, Old Miss. 6 p.m. on ESPN. Beef. Whoever takes the next loss, they will be eliminated from the playoffs and most likely the SEC championship game. Lame Kitten gets a chance to redeem his team's efforts from that horrible showing against Bam. Fake Southern man Brian Kelly needs this to keep his success going for this team. We should get more TDs than toilets see asses in this game. There is no defense. Maybe if Lame Kitten and Brian Dusty Rhodes Kelly could put their defensive coaching skills together, they could build a half-ass defense. The quarterbacks are the story here. Jaden Daniels and Jackson Dart drive these teams beef. Talk these cute. Yeah, I think Lane's got to stay off Twitter and get a game plan together. Maybe they can actually win a meaningful game. He had his chance to beat Bama in a down year, and he blew it like he was working a corner. These are below-average teams riding that SEC schlong. Neither deserves to be rated, but they will get credit all year long for one of them winning this game. Let's look at the stats. At 42 points per game average, 12th in the nation. Is that just inflated with a 73-point win against Mercer? Damn. Think Old Miss is just riding the coattail from that game. But LSU's got their own right. LSU comes in. 10th in points per game with 42.8. Also, a 70-some point game against Grambling. 72 points against Grambling. Both are skewed and will absolutely fall on their points per game going into the SEC play. But the difference here is neighbors. A national leader in receiving yards at 523 yards. Good for third in the nation. And Jalen Daniels, 1,296 passing yards. Good for fifth in the nation. They make the difference. They keep that hookup going and they take down the lane train. Right on. On. Yeah, I'm right there with you. My prediction for this game is LSU 42 to 35. I got LSU 44 to 28. Not a bad pretty, score, Beef. Not a bad score. Pretty close to you. We got it is pretty close. We got number 11 Notre Dame at number 17 Duke 7:30 p.m. game on ABC. Freeman for redemption in Durham. Can he do it? Or just maybe get 11 people on the field? I know Texas A&M has the 12th man stadium, but Notre Dame is now the 10th man stadium. What a Catholic collapse. Maybe that was Matt Itaio's girlfriend out there as the 11th man. Who was getting dome from the 11th man on the sideline? Where was he at? I'm telling you, man, the AP has jokes putting them at number 11 in the AP poll. That shit made me laugh, beef. I mean, Sam Hartman, he just cannot stay away from North Carolina. NC State, and now Duke. But Duke, man, they're only a 
five and a half point dog. I'm a little surprised here. Mike Elko's Devils have been electric, but they've never been in a show like this. Not in this kind of spotlight. Will this end up a comedy or a magic show, Beef? ESPN Game Day is in town for the Catholics versus the Devils of Durham. So you're telling me ESPN Game Day switches where they go every week? That's weird. Unlike someone else I know. <laughs> we'll get on that. Hey, later. man, just because you put it that way, I'm taking God over the devil. In all seriousness, this Notre Dame team is great. OSU just ends up scoring well against a 10-man team, but I think there'll be more than 10 men on the field for the majority of the snaps this game. Audric Estime leads the nation in rushing yards. Duke gives up 133 yards per game, ranking 68th in the nation, but I think Notre Dame will top that. They'll lead this rushing attack, and they'll pound it, and they'll show Lou Holtz just how tough Notre Dame really is. Making Ryan Day extremely pissed off, knowing Notre Dame may just be a little bit tougher with 11 men on the field. They show their toughness in this big win. What's your score prediction? You know, just because I can, Notre Dame by 11, 31 to 20. I got Notre Dame, 42 to 17. Number 24, Kansas. In Austin, against the number three Texas Longhorns. 3.30 game on ABC. Beef, your Big 12 champ prediction in Kansas, goes out to Texas to take down the Longhorns. This will be Lance Leopold's biggest game of his career. Did you ever think we would be premiering a Kansas Jayhawks game? Boy, times have changed. Texas is down to the level type team. They take home beauties, fatties, and baddies, and everything in between. They always play down to their competition. We will find out if Texas is back, because these are the kind of games they would typically lose when they're not. You got Jalon Daniels versus Quinn Ewers. Beef, your Big 12 champ pick is a 16-point underdog here. You gonna defend your pick? Fuck no. It was a bad pick. I didn't know Texas was gonna be this good, but I still remember that fullback Jared Casey, who caught a touchdown against Texas a few years back. He was buried on the depth chart, but due to injuries, caught the game-winning touchdown in the Kansas Jayhawks' first ever win at Texas. His parents were so confused, they didn't even know that it was him. Is that Jared? There's a video that went all around. You gotta see it. They didn't even know for sure it was him until they got up out of the pile. Man, it seems so long ago. Texas is back, but Kansas is now a good team. I have to say no to Kansas win in this game. That win against Bama is only looking better by Texas. Bama looked good against Ole Miss. Even though I picked Kansas to win the Big 12, Texas is now number one in the nation in my book. Those offensive and defensive lines smack around Kansas all over the game. Even though Jalen Daniels is almost 75% completion percentage, he missed one game, but the three games he's played, he's done awfully well. But like I said, Texas will dominate the trenches and is a real national title contender this year. I look for a big showing. This is not the titty bar Tommy team of old. And for those of you that don't know, that's Ohio State's name for Tom Herman. Texas big. Yeah, I'll give you my prediction, beef. And I miss titty bar Tom. But anyways, Texas 34, Kansas 20. I got Texas 38 to 10. Ooh, you calling a big blowout. Now, I kind of wanted to notify this game as being a big-ass dump truck. It's number 10, Utah, and number 19, Oregon State, and a Friday night fights under the lights at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. But we're going to get into this game with Jamie the Duck, our Pac-12 
guru. But, you know, let's get into some Big Ten action, Beef. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Big Ten Roundup. Week 5. This Big Ten slate sweet sauce. They need to do better at scheduling. This would have been a great date for the whiteout instead of having Ohio State and Penn State play the same week at the same time. But what do I know? Just a little podcaster. But anyways, our Midwest Corn Fest game of the week is number two at Nebraska at 12 p.m. on Fox. Michigan continues through its easy slate of college football. They have played well in every game thus far. Yeah, man. It, the the schedule with the Big Ten is shit, man. It's like almost like they've done this haphazardly. It's computer generated. You're right. There needs to be more, more thought, more planning. Maybe they just schedule the games too far in advance and they don't know what the hell Nebraska is going to be like. Because honestly, Nebraska and Michigan could have been a great game if Nebraska held their own like they were supposed to. But Michigan's schedule is easier than Debbie, you know, from Debbie Does Dallas. But it's about to get harder, and there's no pun intended there. I was going to say that's what she said. But yeah, hardball? This is more like hard press, not the freaking yawn, man. This season has been a snoozer for Michigan. I really feel bad for the season ticket holders. I mean, but at least Michigan's taken to the road for the first time this season. That's at least something to note here. Let's see if they have their hiccups on their way to another massive victory for the Wolverines. Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers have found their quarterback. 2-0 since they made the switch. There's a change. Can Nebraska husk up some magic at home and shock the world, Beef? We shall see. I would go with no to start off with. And I had a little talk with my Michigan man today. He's got a great hold on things up north. He was talking about the play calling and how vanilla it's been since the start of the season. But notice some changes when it started Big Ten play. Most notably, J.J. McCarthy was running the read option on meaningful plays like third and four type situations. You know, really with the beginning of the schedule, they just needed to get past it and not have to worry about making any game time decisions or hard plays. They could take anyone with a scratch out of the game. But now it's starting to get into the meat of the schedule. They got to start loading it up, making some better plays. J.J. McCarthy has almost an 80% completion percentage. We'll see how that continues once the competition stiffens up a little bit. You got any predictions on this game yet? Oh, B. I always have my prediction ready. Michigan wins 31 to 17. What you got? Heinrich Herberg is not enough for Michigan's defense. Michigan wins the game in a close one, 24-17. It's not a bad prediction. I think you're right there. Let's get into some of that big on big action. We got number six Penn State there in Northwestern at 12 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. I'm telling you, man, Northwestern is going to run into many problems, as in many Diaz this week. I mean, they did have a shocking comeback last week against the Gophers, but boy, these Penn State Lions ain't these ain't those Gophers. But I still got to give them credit for that 21-point comeback. I hope they celebrated, though, because like I said, they're playing one of the big three and arguably the best-looking team to date. Penn State's defense has been running wild like your days in college, Beef, laying more wood than John Hamm. This should be an easy trip for Franklin and company. What you got, Beef? That fast, that athletic defense is getting the job done this year. They got a quarterback that's not making stupid plays. Penn State has 11 takeaways this year. Guess how many turnovers they have? Take a wild guess. A lot. Zero. Zero turnovers. (laughs) They've taken away 11, given away none. 
It doesn't get any more manly than that, keeping their balls to a tune of zero turnovers. That keeps going. That turnover differential keeps going. They're going to be riding their way to the playoffs, baby. We are. I got we are big. Give me Penn State 42 to 10. I got it 56 to 3. All right, our next big on big action. Indiana goes out to Maryland 330 on the Big Ten Network. The Hoosiers travel on out to Crab Cake Country to take on the Terps of Maryland. Indiana can't produce any O, and it's been a while since they got off the ground running. This offense is about as goofy as Tom Allen looks. But hey, they got an overtime win against the high-flying Akron Zips, though. Mike Loxley and the Terps do have the number one offense in the Big Ten at 450 a game. The Terps will provide every team it plays challenges with the offense they bring into town. And have a pretty good balanced attack as well. Beef, can Indiana slow down that 5.1 per carry offense of the Terps? Indiana has a great defense. They just can't stop Akron. The Terps, you know their offense is good, but that defense is even higher ranked. They're number 12 in points per game, allowing just 12.3. Tui Tungavailoa, he'll be pounding cakes like only those in Maryland know how to do. And the D will answer its call. I got Maryland big. What's your projection? Going Maryland big too. 31-17. Terps. Indiana. 17 points on Maryland. Come on, AJ. You're better than that. 31 to 7. You might be right, but only time will tell. We have Illinois at Purdue, 3 30 p.m. on the cock, as in Peacock. The Boilermakers play host to the Fighting Illini. Walters coaches against his former boss and players. He will be knowledgeable about this coaching staff and players. Both teams have struggled to get on the right foot in the early going of this season, to say the least. Burt and the Bellies cannot play D this year. Walter's departure has left them clueless, Beef. You know how much I love games on the cock. Not at all. I refuse to watch a game on the cock. Not happening. Not paying for it. And I hope no one else does. Illinois has allowed a league high 422.8 yards per game and 27.3 points. The second worst average in the Big Ten. Road teams have a decided advantage in the recent times in this series. But I'm going with Purdue to break the streak, taking the home team. What's your prediction? I'm taking the whole team as well. Purdue by four, 28-24. I got it close, 30-24, so I concur. Well, we got to get on out to Iowa City. Michigan State's coming into town. They're flying out to Iowa City to take a look at the Hawkeyes and their battered starfish Penn State beat up. Tucker has finally been officially fired from Michigan State. It seemed like that happened a decade ago. Brian Ferentz, he should probably be joining him in the unemployment line here soon. Beef. This is an ugly one to call. No one can play offense. I mean, unless they're on the phone. That's the only playing they know how to do. At least Tucker, anyways. I don't know where to go with this one, Beef. This one's going to be more boring than a soccer game. I got an ending and four overtimes to a 2 nothing lead. Iowa takes the game. Both offensive coordinators get fired immediately after the game, and then everyone's happy because the next week they're going to score some points. Iowa, 2 to nothing. <laughs> probably about accurate. I'll take Iowa 20 to 9. That's my that's my prediction. What do we got next, AJ? But anyway, What do we got next? Tell me what we got. Beef you, Beef, you know what we got next. We're at the Brett Bielema breakfast table and the only thing he left us was cupcakes. We got Louisiana Raisin Cajuns at Minnesota. 
12 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Next, we got Wagner at Rutgers. Man, this could have been a Burns when you pee game. It really could have. For you Badgers and Buckeyes out there, your teams are on by. But that pretty much does it for the Big Ten segment here. Let's go ahead and get that ball trimmer out and let's trim this landscape. Big Ten slate was weak. Weak sauce. Beef. We got number one, Georgia. Out to Auburn. This is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. First played in 1892, annually since 1944. Kirby's Dogs, first road trip of the season. Let's see if these dogs travel well. Can the Tigers provide some kind of southern rivalry magic? Can Hugh Freeze fire up the Tigers? Can Hugh Freeze fire up the Tigers? Or do they get trashed like one of his burner phones, Beef? Man, finally, Michigan and Georgia are on the road. But damn it, the shitty schedule continues. Is Auburn better than Nebraska? I don't know. Hugh Freeze better be buying some recruits. Oh, wait. Now there's NIL. He can't do that. The dogs win, but still unconvincingly, and everyone will still have them number one based on last year and the year before, which is stupid, but somehow that's where they're going to be ranked despite doing nothing at all this season. What's your prediction? Give me the dogs. 34 to 17. I'm in complete agreement with you. 34 to 17. Let's go, man. South Carolina at number 21, Tennessee, 730 on the SEC Network. Volunteers are back in SEC action, and the last time they were, they got embarrassed in the swamp. The biggest thing in Tennessee is Peyton Manning's forehead, despite these cocks coming to town. Beamer brings his cocks and balls to Knoxville, where they hope to score often. Hey, break out the chain gang. We're going to have to measure that. I need a visual. We can do that. Bring them in. South Carolina jumped out to a first half lead 14 to 3 on Georgia and that's been their only highlight of the season. These cocks are bad in big games, beef. I, this just reminds me of a joke I got to tell. If there was a cock growing out of your forehead, how much of it could you see? Um, none. None cuz there'd be balls hanging over your eyes. <laughs> Honestly, I really just want Tennessee to lose because they're rated for absolutely no reason. These AP poll voters are jokes. They just can't drop Tennessee too far because they rated them too high to start the season. Makes no sense. No hooker means they can't handle the Cox. Tennessee loses. I got a prediction for you. I think they handle the Cox well. 31-24 Tennessee. They go all Mel Tucker on you, huh? I got the cocks running all over them. 28-21. All right. We got the Gators in Florida at Kentucky. 12 p.m. on ESPN. Gators have battled back since their dismantling at the hands of the Utes. They picked a win up against these volunteers we just talked about. Can the Florida man Gators travel to the land of bluegrass and meth heads? I'm sorry, let me be politically correct. Methicans to grab a win against these undefeated Wildcats. Mark Stoops and his Wildcats have had lots of success against these Gators, Beef. Yeah, anytime you have Mark Stoops at home, you take him all day. I like what he's built. He is taking a lot of recruits from Ohio and has been for since he's been at Kentucky, which has made the likes of Michigan State worse of a program. Kentucky's filled the gap there. Kevin Leary, the starting quarterback 
for those Wildcats is averaging 1.25 interceptions per game. That's awful. Nine touchdowns, five interceptions, but Kentucky's Maxwell Harrison returned two interceptions for touchdowns in last week's game against Vanderbilt. He has three interceptions for the season, and I think he even got another turnover off a of fumble recovery. So maybe their defense keep them going strong. I'm going to go with my prediction. 33-21, what's yours? I want to go 31-28, Kentucky. Man, we got a lot of matching predictions. Great minds think alike, Beef. We got Louisville at NC State and another Friday night fight under the lights, 7 p.m. Jeff Brom, in his first season, has the cards undefeated and fighting for more. A win on the road in conference would go a long way for him and his cards. The Wolfpack's only loss came at the hands of Notre Dame. Not the only time the Catholics have violated someone. NC State was happy to be back in Raleigh. They were on the struggle against a bad Virginia team. You know, it's better to learn in victory than in defeat, Beef. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Jeff Brom being the savior of Louisville. Coming back to his alma mater, being the man. He, the pressure was on to start the season because he needed to save them. And Jawar Jordan... For the cards has been a killer running back 478 yards and a 9.6 yard per carry average man just give him the ball once and at the first down almost run the guy to death gotta go with louisville c-a-r-d-s cards 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 what's your prediction i'm taking the cards it's gonna be a tight one 31 27 louisville yeah, I got 33 to 10. Not tight at all. Louisville. Ooh, going big or going home. But you know what time it is, Beef? It's time for our best quickies. Clemson plays undefeated Syracuse 12 on ABC. Ooh, that's at Syracuse, too. That could be a third yes, loss sir. for Clemson. Holy cow. 0-3 in the ACC? Wow. Times have changed. And next, for a quickie, we got Iowa State at number 14, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. That's a 7 p.m. game on Fox Sports 1. We got number 9, Oregon, at Stanford on the Pac-12 Network. Number 7, the Phoenix and the Washington Huskies at Arizona at 10 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Pac-12 after dark, huh? We got number 12, Alabama at Mississippi State. 9 p.m. game on ESPN. Alabama has to survive. It's a weird time slot. It is. But hey, let's get Jamie on the line. Let's get to some of that pack action, baby. Here we go. It is pack action time with Jamie the Duck. Jamie, we got you. You there? Oh, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's always a pleasure. You know we like our our little duck on the show. Yeah, got a couple pack games we want to talk about. We got number eight, Southern Cal, out to Colorado for the Fox Big Noon kickoff. How many times is Fox Big Noon kickoff going to go to Boulder? They should just move there. I mean, Clack can't get off fucking Dion's nuts. But boy, this is getting out of hand. Three of the five weeks... Clatt's been out in Colorado. All I care about is the money and the madness, man. Not about competitive football. Clatt is clapping these Colorado cheeks until the buffs come home, apparently. Can we get a meme of Clatt twerking to the buffs? I think we can do that. But anyways, Lincoln Riley and the Trojans take to the road in back-to-back road games. Maybe the rubbers will last a little bit better this time. That defense was a little weak. Caleb, the second 
two-time Heisman winner so far. At least that's how he's playing. He's starting to get in the real competition. Oh, wait, never mind. This is Colorado. It's not real competition. They're three touchdown underdogs. But anyway, Shador and Caleb, they should put on a fun fireworks show. These QBs are going to be gunslinging. What you got here, Jamie? I mean, this is everything we've been talking about of, of what's to come for these, these Heisman hopefuls. Shadur Sanders' Heisman hopefulness just, just went downhill pretty fast after that game against Oregon, but this is his chance to rebound. USC, one of the most high-potent offenses in all of college football. Colorado's not too far behind. The number one scoring offense with USC is coming to one of the worst defenses in all of the nation. You know, if you look at defensive stats alone, Colorado is the sixth worst in how many yards a game they allow, and that's in the nation. They're also the 10th worst at rushing yards allowed. They're the worst in the Pac-12 at giving up 33 points a game. What I think is one of the most abysmal stats they have, they haven't relied on it much, but 55 rush yards a game is what they do on offense, and that's the second worst in all of college football. You spell all those things with the 23 sacks that Colorado has given up. I see USC carving them up. I see them doing their thing. I don't think they stop USC. I think, you know, you look at USC's defense compared to Oregon's defense, I think that there's a, a big difference. I think that they handle them, but they, they still allow them to score some points, still allow them to do their thing. But I, I don't think this is a close game. I think Caleb Williams is on another level. He's got great ball security. He's yet to throw an interception. He's only given up five sacks on the season. He's doing his thing. I think this will be their maybe their toughest challenge yet, but they've played a cupcake schedule. I think USC puts him away, and this is a good stage to, to do it on. Bo Nix had his chance. He did his job. It's Caleb Williams to do it. Coach Prime, you talk about Big Noon always being in Colorado. That's who they get to get behind the TV sets. You know, he, he sells tickets. He sells cable you know he's the prime time you know it's just like anything you you sell the tickets you're gonna be there and that's why he keeps being there he he owned his mistakes last week and i I expect him to bounce back but not enough to to beat usc this week yeah i agree with that assessment i mean the biggest thing we got to look at is those 22 sacks that they're allowing at colorado man that cuts in the rushing yards and you got to bring this up because usc's defense is their weakness Colorado's defense is their weakness. And I think the fighting Joe Klatz have that defensive weakness against the run. USC is 34th in the nation, and they're averaging 192 yards rushing per game. That's going to be where they make their money in this game. I think Caleb Williams probably runs more than usual and finishes the game with a high rushing mark. I had mentioned before, he's like a Barry Sanders back there. Even if they do get pressure on him, he's going to be able to escape it and get down the field or even make just some crazy pass off the back leg. He's a Heisman candidate for a reason. He won last year for a reason. We all look for him to do it again. Let's get into this prediction. Southern Cal, 48. The Colorado's 31. I got 54-21 USC. I got 49-35. We're all pretty pretty close in there, thinking similar. I got USC as well. Right on. Let's get into this next pack action game. We got number 10, Utah, heading on out to number 19, Oregon State, in the Friday night fight under the lights at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Utes are on the road for the first time in conference play. Interesting little kick here that people probably missed. And maybe wouldn't have guessed, but the Beavers are actually favored by three. These Beavers will not make it easy for the Utes and Corvallis. 
might be a good time for Cam to get on the field. They're going to need his experience to get this dub. Beavers will need to rally back from a road game last week where the Cougs jumped on them early. Beavers did fight back late, but it was just a little too late for them to make the comeback. Coach Smith is happy to be back home after his Beavs took that beating on the road. Jamie, will he get DJ ready to go after his disappointing showing last week? I see this as a, a marquee game for the weekend. You you look at what we just talked about in Colorado, USC, and it's, it's probably going to be, again, the most watched game in all of college football this weekend. What deserves the viewership is Oregon State, Utah. Those are two solid teams who are going to play each other very hard. They have a different brand of football than the the top teams in the Pac-12. The difference is they, they actually play some defense. Utah, what they did against UCLA, they played lights out defense. They shut them out minus the last three minutes of the game. They almost gave them a zero burger over there. DJ, I had high hopes for him. He's done all right. He's done what he has to do. But I think that he's missing a little bit there. But their run game is phenomenal for Oregon State. They're putting up 224 rushing yards a game, and that, that's good enough for second in the Pac-12 right behind the Ducks. They're going to be tested by Utah's defense. Oregon State's going to have the home field advantage. You talked about Cam Rising. He's always going to be the X factor. If he's coming in healthy, Utah is, is the team to beat. But in this game, it's going to be close, and I don't see him joining this week, and Oregon State might have the edge. You got DJ doing his thing. He struggles a little bit with completion percent, only putting up 57.8. It doesn't touch the numbers of the other quarterbacks, but he adds five rushing touchdowns to his seven passing touchdowns. He can get it done both ways. You throw that in with Damian Martinez, who leads the Pac-12 in rushing with 432 yards this season. You put those two together, they're going to be tested by Utah's defense, but I think they find a way to pull it out at home against Utah. It's going to be good at Reeser Stadium there. They're going to put on a show, I think. What's the name of the stadium? Reeser Stadium. Never heard that before. I learned something new today. The Utes. Kind of talked about this before we really got on air. They're down a few, what, maybe 8 to 12 positions are out with injuries. And most notably, obviously, we talked about Cam Rising. Hopefully he's back soon. I'd like to see that way it changes that offense. Utah is just a team of destiny right now. It's kind of weird how they're still able to pull out these games they don't have one of the best quarterbacks in college football and they're down multiple other positions but they've had a lot of games at home and they get that huge home field advantage in utah but them going into corvallis is going to change things a little bit i see the defense keeping them up just squeaking out a win i try not to go against kyle winningham anytime i have the possibility of using him as the excuse to pick him to win i will and this is one of those games let's get into the prediction yeah, I hear you on that, Beav. Uh, you know, something I'd like to point out, we talk about it's a surprise Utah has been able to pull these games out of their, their butt. But you know what? Look at their defense like we keep talking about. The number 10 defense in the nation. They're also the number six defense in the nation for points per game. They allow 9.5 points per game. But the crazy stat is 51 rushing yards per game. And they have not played cupcakes this year. They've been playing against tough teams who are known to put up some big numbers on offense. They shut out Chip Kelly's team. They shut out the Florida Gators. They, they shut them down early. It's no surprise. I just think it's going to be a little hard to take on 
on the Oregon State Beavers who will be coming back from that loss against Washington State with, you know, and they're not going to be pulling any punches after that game. That's a good point with their defense and who they played because at this point, most teams have played maybe one strong team. I mean, they got some good scheduling going on in Utah. Yeah, let's get into these prediction, boys. I think the Beavs overtake the Utes at home 24 to 20 for me. I got to go with the Utes 22 21. They squeak it out. Yeah, I, I'm with you both on being not a high-scoring game. I mean, that's kind of been standard for both as far as their defense goes. But uh, I got 17-10. to 10. Oregon State pulls this out. I think it's a very low-scoring game. It's going to be proven tomorrow night. Any chance you got the weather update for that game? Over here in the Northwest, uh, summer's over, so you know what that means. We got some rain. I haven't seen what tomorrow looks like, but if I'm a betting man and I'm betting on any weather out here in Oregon and Washington during this time of year, you can count on the rain. Expect a run game out of Oregon State if that's the case. Well, bring on the rain. You know the ducks love the rain, and Jamie's our duck man. I appreciate you being on the show. Till next week. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks again. We got Seattle Matt here, and Matt did Vegas. Welcome back, Matt. Looks like we all did Vegas this past week, and I know you're going to break that down, uh, but welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you all for having me, and what a great week across the board for everybody. I'll start out with myself. I was 9-5-1 last week. Very respectable. I'll take it on the year 41-35-1. Getting above 500ers. Pretty happy about that. Uh, starting with AJ. I've won and one last week. Pretty good yet that push Florida State Clemson otherwise really solid week 7-3-1 and one on the year again above 500 very respectable B 5-2 and two last week that puts you at 8-3 and three overall in the year so you have a half game lead in the wing comb over AJ how you feeling so far about it I'm feeling good man but you gotta get into that burns when you pee that's where that's where I make my money <laughs> you know I was, I was gonna save the suspense to the end but I'll talk about it right now you are 3-0 and oh on the year in the burns when you P game of the week. Very impressive. Uh, I think AJ and I got a doozy for you, though, this week. I got to give myself a round of applause. I got to clap for myself. Ironically, the clap, because, you know, it burns when you pee. Well, you know, you and your little clap can do your little dance, but let's get into these ranked games. We got the Utes of Utah headed to Corvallis against these Oregon State Beavers. Yeah, love this matchup. You got two top 20 teams playing. Uh, Starting out with the spread, you had Oregon State minus two and a half. You have seen that spread jump up to three and a half. Over under was at 45 and a half. Has now dropped down to 44 and a half. So not a lot of movement, really. One one point either way on both the over-under and the spread. I gotta be honest, I really like Oregon State here. I think they played a really tough game in Pullman. Pullman's got a special team up there, especially when you're playing there in Washington State. Utah, really, really solid defense. Uh, But again, I don't really know what you see out of Florida and UCLA. They play great defenses, but Utah's a completely different team when they go on the road. You saw that playing Baylor Week 2. Didn't look like the same team. I like Oregon State. If you can get it minus 3, I really like that. 3.5, I take it as well. You figure three, four-point game, but I like the Beavers here. And with that, I'll go to the Beavers. Who are you picking? Uh, Utah with a late field goal to cover the spread. All right. How about you, AJ? 
I think the Beavs win it. I'll take the under on the total points. What's next? All right. What's next is the Southern California Trojans head out to Boulder to take on these buffs of Colorado. Yeah, this one, you starting out with the spread here. You had USC minus 22 and a half. Uh, starting out is now down to minus 21 and a half. It's that hook. You may not see it get to 21 or under. They're going to want to try to keep it around there with that hook. Over under stayed exactly the same at 73 and a half. That's still pretty high for this. Listen, I think Colorado got really exposed last week. There are a lot of hype, a lot of emotion. It is a very undisciplined football team. They are 128 out of 133 teams in the FBS and penalties. Just an undisciplined football team. Really showed against a good Oregon team. I think USC is even better. I would, if I could get that line at 21, maybe even buy it down to 20 and a half, I would take the Trojans there. Otherwise, I would probably go with the under here. I think 73 and a half is pretty high, but I'll start with you, AJ. Where are you leaning? Mm. I'm going to say this is a little bit closer than Vegas thinks. I think the Buffs keep it within 18, so I think that's a safe bet here. Give me the Buffs and the points. All right, and you, Beef? Give me that under. It's going to be close, but it's going to be under. I I agree with you, Beef. I think it will be under. Right on. Well, the next game is the Gators travel to the Bluegrass State to take on these Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, this this one's been a little interesting. You you see that starting line at minus three for Kentucky. That has gone down to minus one and a half. Over under at 46 has gone down to 44 and a half. Anything in the 40s in college football, that's that's pretty low over and under. So what they're really telling you is a very close, tight, defensive-sided football game. I don't believe in Florida whatsoever. I I think they look terrible against Utah again. We just talked about Utah playing great at home. I have no confidence in Tennessee whatsoever. So I don't really think that win last week was all that special. Uh, Kentucky, consistent team. I think they cover here with the spread. But where are you all leaning? I'll start with you, Beef. Stoops at home. Covers the spread. And you, AJ. Same. I think Stoops goes all Steve Irwin on these alligators. Sticks his finger in. Give me Kentucky and the points. All right. We got Beavs. Kansas Jayhawks going down to Austin against these Texas Longhorns. Yeah, this one, you, you got two ranked teams here. Kansas has been a pretty fun team to watch this year, um, throwing the ball around. Line started at minus 17 and a half with Texas. That has now dropped to 16 and a half. Obviously, all the football fans out there seeing it hovering around that 17-point line, two touchdown and a field goal. That's where uh, Vegas is thinking this game is going to be. Over under at 62 and a half, now down to 61 and a half. I think these are two offenses that can score. It might be one of these situations where at the end, Texas has a backdoor cover, covers the spread on their side, wins favorably, but a close game until the end. I like the over here. I'm going to start with you, AJ. Where are you leaning? I will take the over as well. And how about you, Beef? Texas covers the spread. All right. All right. The next game, defense has been lost. It's optional. There's no defense in this game. We got LSU heading to Ole Miss. Yeah, I said it last week on the podcast, and I'm going to keep saying it as well. I don't trust Lane Kiffin whatsoever. He looked absolutely terrible against a mediocre Alabama team, mediocre by their standards. 24 to 10, that game was never even close. Have no faith or confidence whatsoever in Ole Miss. With that being said, uh, line is stayed at two and a half. Started at two and a half. It is still at two and a half. But where you're seeing all the money roll over under, it started at 63 and a half. It has jumped up to 67 and a half. Really what they're saying here is not a lot of defense whatsoever. I have to tend to agree there. I think if you can get this over around 67, 68, I would go. It starts creeping up 69 or higher. I'd probably be looking at 
that under. But right now we're seeing 60 and a, 67 and a half. So I'm going to stick to that over. I'm going to start with you, Beav. Where are you leading? Man, this is a tough call. LSU and Ole Miss. It's at Ole Miss. I'm going to go LSU to cover the points. How about you, AJ? Me? I like the under. All right, the next one. After the disappointing loss at home against Ohio State, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, head out to Duke against these Devils. The Catholics versus the Devils. Yeah, doesn't doesn't have the same ring as Catholics versus convicts, but it's close enough. I'll give you that. Let's start with the over-under here. Seeing that at 51 is rising to 52 and a half. Pretty standard. Nothing special there. What I find a little bit surprising is this this spread. It started at five and a half. It has stayed at five and a half. So what that is telling us is we are clearly seeing money both ways going here with the line staying pretty consistent there. Uh, a little surprising. I honestly think Notre Dame played a very solid game on Saturday night despite how it ended and, and all the stuff that went on afterwards. I thought they dominated in the trenches, especially offensively uh, through when they had to. I liked what they did. Minus five and a half doesn't worry me at all. I see Notre Dame winning by seven or more here. So I'm taking Notre Dame. Beav, I'm going to start with you. Where are you leaning? Well, first of all, I want to start with the money. The money is a lot like you, Seattle Matt. How so? Goes both ways. <sighs> well played, sir. I will take Notre Dame. And man, if I had a reason to double that spread, I would. But I'm taking Notre Dame. I agree. How about you, AJ? You know, I think that Notre Dame is a safe bet here. Notre Dame covers the spread. Easy. I, th- yeah. I think they do it with 10 men on the field. Is that too soon? <laughs> never too soon. Too soon? It's never too soon. Never. I don't know. I mean, Marcus Freeman, it was too late. Yeah. But it, they have those really high academic standards there. That's why it's so tough to recruit in Notre Dame. I, you'd think they'd be able to count to 11. They only had one coach counting. He didn't have 11 fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you know what time it is, B. You know what time it is, B. You know Rapid fire! Pew, 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 pew. All right. All right, let's get into it. Where are we starting? Penn State. At Northwestern. Yeah, this one. Line is uh, spread 26 and a half. It has stayed that way. It started that way. It is still there. Over under stayed that way. Well, 46 and a half. I have no idea why it's at 26 and a half. Penn State is going to dominate Northwestern. I don't care what they did last week. Lay the points. Penn State all the way. Louisiana at Minnesota. Yeah, I, I'm not going to talk about Minnesota this week. You lose to Northwestern. You get a one-week suspension. That's just atrocious. Raging Cajuns. Just cover the spread and move on. Terrible week last week. Hey, that's fair. Can't blame me there. How about Michigan at Nebraska? Yeah, this one's been odd. You got a minus 19 and a half to start. Michigan is now minus 16 and a half. You know, depending on when you got that line last week, it gets Michigan Rutgers. That started at minus 26. It ended at minus 24. They won by 24 last week, so we'll give them credit for that. They're 0-3-1 against the spread this year. It tells you Vegas really has Michigan pegged, or maybe Michigan's just kind of underperforming against weaker opponents. I see Nebraska as a very weak opponent. I see Michigan traveling. If it's at 16 and a half, lay the point Give me Michigan all day. What do you know about Peg and Matt? We'll move on, though. <laughs> Indiana at Maryland. Indiana at Maryland. Yeah, Maryland's minus 14 and a half. You got an over-under at 50. You've seen Maryland's defense be a little shaky, but not terrible. Offense has been fine, but certainly not the fireworks you were expecting. However, Indiana needed double overtime at home to survive accurate. Uh, foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about a little bit later. But minus 14 and a half, I don't care about the hook. Give me Maryland. Go. Michigan State, Iowa. Real barn burner here. Yeah, this game is about as spicy as white people talk all night. This is a terrible 
level football game. Iowa goes to Happy Valley, white out, lays a complete egg, looked atrocious. Michigan State, they just need to fold up their program this year. Just a terrible program this year. You see Iowa minus 12 and a half. You're seeing this over under at 36 and a half. That's a terrible under. I think this game's atrocious. Nobody watches it. Give me the under just because I want to laugh about it. Illinois, Purdue. Yeah. This one you're seeing out of Pickham right now. Uh, typically Pickham again when you're seeing that uh, that home team automatically gets that minus, uh, minus three to kind of start out and then Vegas works off of that. Uh, so Pickham is really what they're saying on a neutral site. You'd like Illinois with the points there because it's that Pickham. I'm going to take Illinois with that. You know, the interesting point is that road team has won eight out of the last 11 in this series. Wow. Let's move on. Oregon, Stanford. Yeah, this one started minus 25. You're seeing now Oregon minus 27 and a half. Over-unders dropped from 62 and a half to 60. Right now, Oregon is looking like the team that they were eight, nine years ago, where they were putting up a ton of points on offense, and they had no problem beating teams by 42, 49, and even more. Uh, kind of have that swagger to them. We saw that last week dominating Colorado. I don't think you can make this spread high enough for me to take Oregon. I will take them, even if you doubled this spread, to be honest with you. Stanford's one and three on the year, and they've lost to Sacramento State. Oregon, play the points. The playoff contender and the Phoenix are in your back door, Matt. Who you got with Washington, Arizona? Yeah, how do you not love the Heisman frontrunner, Michael Penix Jr.? That game last week against Cal, it was raining off and on throughout the game. They were getting chunk yard plays whenever they want them. It is right now at this point in time, the best offense in college football. No, your Oregon fans aren't going to like that. Sorry, right now, Washington has a better offense. You've seen the spread. It started at minus 17. It is now up to 19 and a half. I think that's everyone kind of saying that Washington score points at will. So a few points here and there ain't going to phase people. Over under started at 70 and a half. It is now down to 67 and a half. Arizona, a lot more respectable than they've been the last few years. Their lone loss this year to Mississippi State, so that SEC school. That being said, I'm going to keep riding the over on Washington. I mean, you just, you're just going to ignore that Phoenix in your backdoor comment? Yeah, I was just going to move right along. I'm going I'm I, to take the over, take the high road. I just assumed he didn't mind a Phoenix in his back door. I thought we, That's just like we're thought all, we alluded to that earlier with the Notre Dame Duke <laughs> game. <laughs> we're all in agreement. Well, it's time. It's time for that burning sensation when you pee. All right. Who am I, all, who am I picking? All, all right. For this one, the BWYP game of the week. Again, you have a 3-0 record on the line, so you better start taking these spreads real seriously. We are going to Northeast Ohio, the birthplace of LeBron James, where the Bulls of Buffalo at 0-4 are traveling down to take on the Zips of Akron at 1-3. So, since we're talking about teams you don't have a lot of uh, information on, I'll start off with the fact that you're seeing one win between these two teams. Akron's lone win this year was against Morgan State. Beef, you want to tell me where Morgan State is? In the middle of I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's pretty close enough. They've been a little respectable this year. They played a close game against Temple. I don't know if you can use the word respect and playing against Temple in the same sentence, but I tried there. Uh, got pretty dominated by Kentucky. And again, as I, I talked about earlier, win in to Indiana, double overtime, lost a heartbreaker by two points. I think that's more of an embarrassment on Indiana than to say how good Akron is. If we're kind of looking at Buffalo, you know, started out, only lost by 21 to Wisconsin week one. You know, that's not terrible for a MAC team. But then they lost to Fordham week two. Uh, B, if you want to take a crack at where Fordham is? Somewhere in the original colonies? Possibly. It might be next door neighbors to Morgan State for all anybody knows here. But the fact is, you lost to an FCS team, uh, lost to Liberty, lost to the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. So really, really bad football team 
team here in the Buffalo Bulls. With that being said, Akron sitting at minus two and a half. That's a pretty nasty spread. You see two and a half spreads quite a bit in the NFL. It's pretty common. College football, it's almost like a pick em. Really doesn't mean a whole lot. You got an over-under here of 55 and a half. Again, doesn't tell you about a lot of offense, a lot of defense. Pretty pretty average over-under. Not a whole heck of a lot to go with. You got two really bad teams here. B3-0 record on the line. Where are you going? Well, I got an offer for you guys. If I could take that two and a half and make it a five, can we wipe out that pick that I didn't even pick and wasn't even told beforehand that I needed to make a pick or I was getting a loss? Is there a deal? I would take Akron at minus five. No, man. This ain't no game show. No deal. Yeah, this this is betting segment, my friend. Scared money don't make money. So when you don't make a pick that's scared money, I'm not taking that loss away from you. No matter what, you got to stick with the spreads here or the over-under. I'll let you go either one. I'll take Akron with the spread. They'll cover. All right. We got you done at Akron minus two and a half. I know everyone will be tuned in for that one. Yes, sir. Hey, Matt. Well, as always, appreciate you coming on the show. This segment is always a good time. Appreciate the energy that you bring, the laughs that you bring, and then look forward to having you back next week to let us know how good or bad we Yeah, did. thanks for coming, yes, man. Th- yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for taking the Phoenix. We'll see you all next week. God bless. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the thread. Also visit the website, NILFanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.